this morning, or you don't have a Bible, get with me, I'll get you one, but there should be one right in front of you in the pew. And I encourage you to follow along, I'm going to show you some stuff this morning out of the Word of God about how to live your Christian life, how to walk the walk. A lot of people talk to talk, but we're going to talk about walking the walk. That's why so many people have an attitude about Christianity, and I don't blame them. I would have an attitude too, because you look at Christians and we're just all a bunch of hypocrites. Hey, that's right. Christians are just a bunch of hypocrites. But what you realize is, so is everybody else. <laughs> but we try to live the right kind of life through Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to show you through, this, uh, through the Word of God what, the, what Paul has to show us, how to live a better Christian life and live it and have a more abundant life. Now, a lot of y'all, some of y'all might not know me in here, but my testimony is before I got saved, I was in the occult and I was uh, messing with all kinds of different witchcraft and uh, Satanism. And I mean, I was into all kinds of crazy stuff before I got saved. And when I got saved and uh, received Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, like I said, it changed my life. But when I started, I wanted to know the truth. I, I, I'm just not the kind of person who wants to sit around and listen to a preacher tell me what, 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 what is. I want to know, because I don't trust nobody. I grew up you know, without a dad. I ran the streets. I was breaking into houses, starting all kinds of trouble. I was a thief, a liar. I still am with a lot of those things, but the, I'm, a, I'm a saved one now. But the point is, is that I wanted, I was, I was kind of streetwise, you know. I grew up on the streets, you know, in fights and people fighting me, pulling knives on me and all kinds of stuff. So I'm kind of streetwise. So I don't trust nobody. <laughs> I don't trust anybody. So I wanted to know the truth myself. So if a preacher tells me one thing, I'm like, well, show it to me. And I drove my preacher crazy over Victory Baptist Church. I, well, show that to me. Where's that end in the Bible? Show that to me. And so I started studying my Bible. You know what I started finding out? That Jesus Christ really is what he says he is. And, and, and I, I, so I, I don't want somebody to just tell me, well, this is what Islam believes, or this is what uh, Jehovah's Witness believes, or this is what uh, you know, uh, Buddhists believe. Or I, I study this stuff. I've got a book of Quran at home I've read. I've got the teachings of Buddha. I went and studied this stuff. And what I found out, guys, and I, I won't save, lot, lot, lot save you all a lot of time if you don't want to take the time to do it, but I encourage you to go search for the truth. But what I found out when I searched for the truth and looked at all these different world religions is, is that Jesus Christ stands up above, and above, and above everything else, above, above Muhammad, above Buddha, because he died for my sins. And he said what he was going to do, and he did what he was going to say, and he walked the walk and not just talked the talk. There's a lot of books you can pick up, and they talk and talk and talk. But Jesus Christ, he walked the walk. He not only said, I love you, he went and died on the cross and showed you that he loves you. But there's a lot, it goes a lot deeper than that. I can't get into it this morning, but it goes a lot deeper than that. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he was doing so much for your soul and for your sins. And even 2,000 years later, you can take Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and God will account that as righteousness, and he'll get you into heaven that way. You say, well, how's he doing that when 2,000 years ago a guy died? Well, that's a good question. Because that did happen 2,000 years ago Jesus died. But what separates Jesus Christ out is he didn't stay dead. <laughs> he came forth on the third day. So when I tell you come up here and receive Jesus Christ, you're not taking a dead Savior. You're not taking Muhammad who's dead or Buddha who's, who's dead. You're taking Jesus Christ who's alive forevermore. 
You, when you're praying to Jesus Christ, He can hear your prayers. I'm here to tell you this morning, He can walk in those back doors. That's why I serve and worship Jesus Christ. And I didn't realize that when I received Him, what was going on. But now that I'm older and wiser and a lot more intelligent when it comes to the Bible, educated when it comes to the Bible, I realize what's going on. And man, Jesus Christ blows everybody else out of the water. So after, after this preaching, if you want Jesus Christ, come on down and get saved. That, that's my question for you. If you don't know Jesus, come on down and get saved. What are you waiting on? Today is the day. I don't know what you got going on, but you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Verse 12. Romans chapter 13, verse 12. Romans 13, verse 12. Make sure we got everything turned on, everything. The night, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. And what I've been preaching on for Sunday after Sunday is that we're, Christian, you're in a war. Born again Christian, you might not realize it, but you're at war. First, you've got to recognize you're at war. And if you're at war, you've got to recognize your enemy. Well, who's my enemy? The devil's your enemy. The world's your enemy. And I hate to tell you this, but you're your enemy. You've got three enemies. The devil, the world, and yourself. And once you recognize that you're at war and you know who your enemy is, what do you do next? You fight. <laughs> you fight. Fight back. Don't just stand there and roll over and show your belly. You fight back. Don't put up with it. You fight back. You're at war. And I, sh I showed you the Sunday before that you equip yourself. And you put on the whole armor of God. And we, we talked about that, about equipping yourself for the whole armor of God. And then I talked last Sunday and preached last Sunday on put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I taught that you take off the old man and put on the new man, which is Jesus Christ. The old man is you, and Jesus Christ is the new man. And we talked about that. Now this morning, look at verse 13. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering, Chambering is a word that you do stuff behind closed doors. Chambering means doing those bad things you do behind closed doors. When nobody knows and you got the internet on, that's chambering. See, this Bible is very relevant. <laughs> chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. You're not supposed to walk that way, but look at verse 14. Put ye on, put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh, fulfill the lust thereof. I want to preach this morning on walking the walk. I preached last Sunday on you're in boot camp, which is boot camp. They shape you up. They put you in, get you into shape for war, right? They put you into shape, and that's what boot camp is. You're learning to take off the old man and put on the new man. You put off the flesh, and you put on the spirit. That you, put on, you put off Keegan Hall, and you put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's boot camp. Now we've graduated boot camp, and now we need to walk the walk. And we need not just talk the talk, but now, Christians, we need to start walking the walk. And that's what verse 13 tells us. Let us walk honestly. Turn to Galatians chapter 5. So you've graduated boot camp. You're in war. You've, been, you've, you've received Jesus Christ. You've become a new creature in Jesus Christ. Now you go to boot camp. And in boot camp, they take off the old man. They shave your head. They start training you up. Take off the old man, they put on the new man. Now you're ready for war. Now it's time to walk. It's time to fight. 
it's time to live this, live this uh, Christian life. Look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Now it's time to walk. You've got to walk a certain way and conduct yourself. You need to walk and conduct yourself like you're in God's army. You know, if you do certain things while you're in the military, they will kick you out. They will give you a dishonorable discharge. You don't want that to happen in God's army. You know, you're part of God's family, but you can get kicked out of doing work for God. Look at verse 16. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. This is Paul speaking again. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, capital S, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So you need to start walking in the Holy Spirit. You need to have the Holy Spirit in you. You need, you need to start walking like you're walking in the Spirit and not in the flesh. Because look at verse, verse uh, 17. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. There's the answer. And, we, and I, I preached on this some Sundays ago, but... It's uh, the battle between the spirit and the flesh. Your flesh is the dog. I gave it the illustration that the flesh is a dog. And the Holy Spirit is a lion. And you're feeding one or the other at all times. This morning, praise the Lord, I hope you're getting the, the lion fed. Amen? You're feeding the lion. You're trying to make, you've given the, uh, food to the Holy Spirit, to the lion. You want it to grow. You want it to get strong. You want it to be the one that's in control. But so much of us, and so many of us, we take and we feed the dog all the time. What's on TV, all the things in the world, we're just feeding that dog with all the, the backbiting. All, that's what a dog does, and you're just feeding that old mangy dog. And that dog's getting stronger and stronger, and the lion's getting weaker and weaker. Because you can't feed both at the same time. They're contrary one to the other, the Bible says. And the spirit against the flesh. The flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. They're fighting each other. That old dog is rah, 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 rah. just always, and the lion is rawr, just they don't like each other, and you know that once you become a born again Christian, <laughs> the Holy Spirit, the Jesus Christ comes and lives in you, and all of a sudden you start having these weird feelings and consciences. You know, I, I shouldn't be doing this. The world loves to draw it like a cartoon. You know where you got an angel on one shoulder and you got the, the little devil on the other shoulder. And the little devil says, "Yeah, go ahead, do it. Go ahead, do it. Go ahead, do it. Do it." And the angel says, no, you shouldn't be doing that. That's, that devil is not the devil, guys. That's you. That's your flesh. That's what you, you, your flesh wants to do that, see. It lusts. Keegan wants to do that. I can't, oh, the devil made me do it. No, Keegan did it. I did, I want to do that. But the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ says, no, Keegan, come on, we need to be doing this. We need to be walking in the Spirit. And not fulfilling the lusts of the flesh. Verse 16. And you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Verse 16. They're contrary one to another, guys. You can't have them both. The old man, the old man, which is you, and the new man, which is Jesus Christ, they do not mix. They don't mix. When you become a, into the, when you become a, 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 whatever it is, if it's Air Force or military, when you're out of boot camp, and you become a soldier for, a, for the American government, the civilian life and the soldier life do not mix. You're a soldier. And when the government says, go here, it don't matter if you have a wife back at home, a civilian wife that says, I don't want you to go over to Iraq. The government says, go, and you got to go. They don't mix. 
You're either obeying one or the other. And you better obey the Spirit. You're in an army, right? You're in a war. You're a soldier of Christ. We've established this for weeks. If you're in here visiting, you might not have heard these scriptures, but the Bible's real plain about it. You are at war. And, you're, and, and it's, with, it's with the devil, it's with the world, and uh, unfortunately, it's with ourselves. Verse 18, but if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. See, you want to be led by the Holy Spirit because when you're doing what the Holy Spirit wants you to do, there's no law against anything the Holy Spirit leads you to do. Because the Holy Spirit leads you to love, to give, to be kind, to be long-suffering, to be meek. See, that's all the Holy Spirit. And there's no law against that. There's no law man's ever made against that. Not even God or man's made against loving and being kind and being gentle and being meek. So if you can be in the Holy Spirit, guys, you got it going on. Verse 19. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest. Now, these are what come out of a man. And that's you. And he's going to describe them. Now, notice it says, now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? So you're either manifesting your works of the flesh, which a lot of Christians do. That's why they call us hypocrites. Or you're manifesting the Lord Jesus Christ. You're one or the other. Every day, every moment of the day, you're either manifesting the Lord Jesus Christ or you're manifesting the flesh. I don't want you to see Keegan Hall. I don't want you to see me. I want you to see Jesus Christ. If you can see Jesus Christ, that's, that's good. You see, when you see me do something good or you think there's something good about Keegan Hall, that's not Keegan Hall, that's Jesus Christ. But see, what you forget is you, that Keegan's still here. The old dog. Ah! And I don't want you to see me. I try to hide it. I try to clean it up. I try to get behind the door. I don't want you to see me because that's sin and rottenness and sorry. And that's what we're about to read, see. And we want to stay in Jesus Christ so we can manifest, manifest out the Lord Jesus Christ. You see what the Christian life is? It's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. That's what the Christian life is. That's what it simply is. You're in a fight. Every Christian's bipolar. Boy, it's quiet in here, man. It's quiet in here. I know y'all, y'all are half crazy. Amen. They think, and the world thinks you're half crazy. You're crazy. Amen, brother. I got a testimony right there. Here, let's read these together, guys. We're not going to like them, but let's read them together. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? Adultery. You know anybody who's committed adultery? Let's not go raising any hands. Fornication. That'd be sex outside of marriage. That's the actual act. Uncleanliness. Now here's this last one in verse 19. Lasciviousness. That's hard for me to even say. I'm glad I wouldn't have to spell that. Let me give you a definition out of that, for that out of Webster's Dictionary. That's a looseness. That's an irregular indulgence of animal desires and wantonness and lustfulness. That's basically what you see going on in the world every day. The world we're living in in 2018, that's that word right there. <laughs> the way people act, the way people conduct themselves, the way people live their life, that's that last word right there. Idolatry, worshiping, worshiping things other than God. Witchcraft. Oh, Brother Keegan, there's, this Bible's so archaic. There's nobody who is a witch anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's, there's two members, there's two members of my church that know personally witches that are into Wiccan. 
And I was into Wiccan before I got saved. Yeah, man. Today, it's, it's, that's a feminist movement. A lot of the feminist movement is tied to witchcraft. You look into it. Don't, listen, like I told you, don't believe what this bald-headed preacher says. Go find out for yourself. Prove me to be lying. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, hatred, variance. Now, variance is disagreement and discord. You know any of that going on? There's a lot of that going on in the political arena for sure. Emulations. Now, emulations is defined as to equal or do more than others. That's a superiority complex. People walk around thinking they're better than other people. That's a good word, emulation. Wrath, strife, seditions. That's somebody who's trying to stir up people against authority. Is there any of that going on today? A lot of that going on today. Heresies, envyings, verse 21, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings. Revelings is, is a feasting and this crazy partying type of attitude. Is there any of that going on today? Yeah. The, word, the Bible just has different definitions for what the world's calling it. And such like, of the which I tell you before, Paul says, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. Now, I want to preach this morning on those two inheritances. And you've got to get these inheritances. I've got I to let you know, but I'm, first we've got to finish off, because I don't want you to be confused. Because if you look at verses 19, 20, and 21, everybody in this room knows a Christian that's done these things, or doing these things. Right? So they're all going to hell. No, they're not. I'm about to show you there's a difference between that. There's, two inher there's a millennial inheritance and a heavenly inheritance. But let's, let's continue on, because we've got to get some truth out before we go on to that. Because I don't want to leave you with, with, leave you hanging. But look at verse 22. But, here we go. Here's the but. And here's the new man. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Now, so I just preached on that. I just preached on that saying, if you can do those things and let the Holy Spirit do those things... There's no law against any of that. There's not a law, man, or God's made that's against any of that. But I want to point out to you this morning a great truth that maybe you don't realize. You are not producing this fruit. Christian, you've got to get this, because if you don't get this, you're going to mess it up. You're not going to produce love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith. You are not going to produce that. You're in the flesh. The old man, Keegan, cannot produce that. Well, who produces it, Brother Keegan? But the fruit of the Spirit. You get that? You see that right there? The fruit of the Spirit. It's not me doing it. It's Jesus Christ in me, working out of me, manifesting out. The more I can walk in the Spirit and feed the Spirit and be close to the Spirit and have the Spirit work in me, the Lord Jesus Christ will work out. And then you'll see, you'll see in Keegan, you'll see Jesus Christ, and you'll see love and joy and peace and long-suffering. Because Keegan, this side, the old man, I don't have any of that. All I have is hate and bitterness, and I don't have any peace. I don't have any long-suffering. I'm short-tempered. I'm not gentle. I'm not good. I don't have any faith. I doubt everything. I'm not very meek. I'm arrogant. I don't have any temperance. That's me. 
All of that stuff. I'm, I'm the opposite of all of that. And you are too. Your flesh is. But if you'll let the Holy Spirit produce it out of you, my friend, brothers and sisters in Christ, you can do great things for Lord Jesus Christ if you'll get out of His way Amen. and stop trying to do it yourself. See, we don't like that. We don't like that part of Christianity. Because the old man wants to do this. I'm so righteous, and I'm so good, and I do so many good things. I go to church, and I read my Bible, and I try to give money. And, I, and we love to get the glory, see? We love to take the credit of all this stuff. And God will not have any of that. It all goes back to Jesus Christ. He gets all the glory. Do you see what I'm trying to teach you this morning? That if you'll be honest with yourself and you'll let Jesus Christ have his way and let the Holy Spirit work in your life, that Jesus Christ will get all the glory. Did I not just tell you, if you see me doing something good, it's not Keegan doing it, it's Jesus Christ in me. Did I not just tell you that if it wasn't for Jesus Christ, I'd be in a jail somewhere, probably dead. But because of Jesus Christ, glory to God, I'm over here doing something for Him, but it's not me doing it, it's Him in me. Look at Philippians. Keep your finger here, but turn to Philippians. Turn to the right, Philippians chapter 1, verse 11. Guys, you've got to get this. The Holy Spirit produces the fruit, not you. Amen. The Holy Spirit produces the fruit, not you. Stop trying to take the credit for what God's doing in your life. Philippians chapter 1, verse 11. Praise the Lord for that, because I can't do it. But Jesus Christ in me can. Philippians 1, 11. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness. There's those fruits, it's of righteousness. Which are what? By Jesus Christ. Unto the glory and praise of God. Those fruits are not by Keegan Hall. Those fruits were not by Paul. Those fruits are not by Peter. Those fruits are not by you. They're by the Lord Jesus Christ. To the glory of God. See, you give God the glory. Stop trying to take the glory away from God and talk about how good you are and how you do all the... Forget all that nonsense. You're saved by grace through faith. It's all God. You know man will boast when we get to heaven. You can't boast because anything you do, any goodness in you is Jesus Christ working out of you, Christian. You're supposed to have crucified the flesh a long time ago. Paul says, I'm dead. Nevertheless, I live in Jesus Christ. Christ liveth in me. See, these are the teachings of Paul that Christians don't get. They want to take the glory away from God. and They want to live this. You can't live it. But the Holy Spirit in you can so many of us are fighting sin and fighting sin and fighting sin. And if you just get down on your knees and say, Lord, I can't stop doing what I'm doing. But Father, I know you and me can. Lord, will you please, through the Holy Spirit, help me to conquer this sin. Lord, do it for me. I give it all to you in Jesus' name. Amen. You'll see something happen in your life. But you won't do it. Because you're prideful. And you're going to do it. I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. I can do it. I can stop doing it. No, you can't. If you could, then Jesus would have let you done it. Listen, if you could do all the stuff that Jesus wants you to do, he would have taught it and said, good luck, boys, and he would have went on to heaven. But he knows you can't do it. He had to die for you. He had to go to the cross and shed his blood for you. You can't clean yourself up. 
It's like a little kid coming in there. Mama, I'm all muddy. And you send your little kid in there, little two or three-year-old kid, to wash themselves up in the sink. What, what do you find out? You find out when that little two-year-old goes into the bathroom to clean himself up, he makes a bigger mess than when he started. Amen? There's some mothers in here. Give me an amen. amen. But when you let Jesus Christ grab a hold of you and cleanse you and wash you, you'll never be the same. You've got you to stop trying to take the glory away from God. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by, by Jesus Christ. Man, if, if you're having trouble in your Christian walk, say, the trouble's not Jesus Christ, the trouble's me. The trouble is I'm feeding the dog. And I'm just feeding him and feeding him and feeding him. And you might be feeding him by watching too much TV or hanging around too much of your friends that are, are lost. Or I don't know how you're feeding the dog. You know, though. Everybody in here knows how you're feeding your dog. I don't have to tell you. But you need to stop feeding that dog so much to turn around. You know what? I'm going to feed the lion. I'm going to feed the, feed the Holy Spirit. Instead of listening to this nasty music, you know, for once, I'm going to turn that nasty music off and I'm going to listen to some godly music. Now, which one are you feeding? You're feeding the Holy Spirit. You see what I'm saying? If you're, if you're watching stuff on TV you shouldn't watch and listen to stuff and you shouldn't listen to and you're doing things on the Internet you shouldn't do, who are you feeding? You're feeding the dog. No wonder you're having trouble. The old man is getting stronger and stronger and that flesh is getting control of things. You need to cut that stuff off and say, you know what? You're not getting fed no more. I'm sick of you. I'm going to start feeding the Holy Spirit. Let him grow. Paul says, quench not the Holy Spirit. You can turn it off like a water faucet, see? You need to stop feeding that dog and start feeding the lion. You want to live an abundant life? You've got to turn it over to Jesus Christ. Back in Galatians it says, but the fruit of the Spirit... The fruit of the Spirit. Jesus Christ said, you must abide in me. And without me, this is what Jesus said. In, in John chapter 15, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Amen. But we know the scripture. But in Christ, I can do all things in Christ, which strengtheneth me. Amen. See? It's impossible for me to do this. It's impossible. Yeah, but with God, all things are possible. See, you're, 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 yeah, you're counting on the arm of flesh. Of course you can't do it. Of course you can't stop sinning. Of course you can't stop doing what you're doing. No, of course you can't. But Jesus Christ can, though, see? I'm giving you, I'm showing you that as a Christian, you don't have to live in the, in the waller like a pig. See, the, the, the Bible calls a lost person a pig. You know why the Bible calls a lost person a pig? Because when a pig gets down in the mud and the nastiness and the filth, you know what it does? It goes, and it makes itself a home. Amen. A pig's make home out of filth and mud and water. You know what the Bible calls a, a saved man or a saved woman? A sheep. You know what happens when a little sheep falls down in a mud pit? He goes, rah, rah, rah. Master, come save me. Master, come pull me out of here. And your master will come. Your shepherd, the good shepherd, will come and pull you out. Praise the Lord. you got a shepherd that loves you. You know, we're not pigs, fellas. Brothers and sisters, we're not pigs. We're sheep. And we're in a, we're in a war, and some of us are sitting around, and we're getting beat up and whipped up, and we're losing the battle, and it's all because we're not letting Jesus Christ fight it for us. Amen. 
Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put ye off the old man. Forget him. The most powerful prayer you can pray is to pray, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit that the fruits, your fruits, will manifest out of me. Pray that prayer. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit that your fruit might manifest out of me. I heard an old preacher preaching down there at Pensacola, and he was talking about all day long he was working at this mechanic shop. And he's working on cars. And he said, I, got, I went to work and I said, I started praying. Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Fill me with you. He said, I was praying that. And he said, about lunchtime, my break hit. And it was time for me to go to lunch. He said, you know what I did, guys? He said, I went across the street. And there was all these people lined up eat, trying to eat, eat lunch across the street. And I got up there on a bench and I got my Bible. And I started just preaching. God, Jesus Christ loves you. You need to go to heaven. And there's a hell waiting on you. He started just preaching like crazy. I, he said, I don't pray that prayer like I should. <laughs> it scared him. Because when the Lord fills you with the Holy Spirit, you're going to do some crazy things. Amen. Have you not read your Bible? That's what this Bible's full of, is men full of the Holy Spirit doing some crazy things for God. <laughs> Be careful when you pray that prayer. You might actually start coming to church regularly. You might actually start doing something for God. <laughs> And so, you know what? You might actually start enjoying being a Christian. Praise the Lord. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. But our fruit is by the Spirit, and it's the fruit of love and joy and peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Against such there is no law. Guys, I'm running out of time. And I want to close by showing you just a little bit about this inheritance, this millennial inheritance. Now, this inheritance doesn't have anything to do with your salvation. Inheritance doesn't have anything to do with salvation. Inheritance is, an, is a reward that you're given. And if you, I'm not going to have time because it's too late. I'm not going to have time to turn you to all the scriptures. But I want to tell you some stuff. And if you want to write these down, go home and study these for yourself. Read them out. But let me give this stuff to you. And then you can, you can go home and, and read it out. You're saved by grace through faith, but you will not reign with Jesus Christ, reigning with Him at the millennial kingdom. You will not reign with Him unless you suffer with Him. And that's in Romans chapter 8, verse 17. That's Romans chapter 8, verse 17. Okay, you can be, you can be, be denied this inheritance, which we just saw there. You can be denied this inheritance, but you cannot be denied salvation, which is up into heaven. That's found in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. And I'm closing out. Your service for Christ determines your earthly rewards in the millennial kingdom. There's a millennial kingdom. When I say millennial kingdom, if you don't know what that means in here, millennial kingdom is when Jesus Christ physically comes back, splits, splits the clouds, and comes and sets up his kingdom on this earth, and he rules from Jerusalem on a throne his, of his father David. And he's going to do that for a thousand years. That's Revelation 19, Revelation 20. But if you, your service for Christ determines your earthly rewards in the millennial kingdom. Now that's found in Luke chapter 19, right around verse 17. And turn with me to Colossians chapter 3, and I'll show you something. If, if, you, if you're with me still, turn to Colossians chapter 3, and I'll show you something. What I'm trying to show you in closing is that this inheritance 
Because Paul said, you shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And I know there's Christians that do those, those fleshly things. You say, well, they're not going to go to heaven. They're going to go to heaven. They're just losing their inheritance. Now look at Colossians chapter 3. Look at uh, verse 23. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. That's some good advice. Verse 24, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye, serve, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Now guys, we know that salvation is not a reward. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. So an inheritance isn't a reward. So a millennial inheritance is a reward. You, you, you don't reward it. Salvation is not a reward. It's given to you. It's a free gift. So this inheritance is, is part of what you're earning when, when the millennial kingdom shows up. When you're working for the Lord, that's the inheritance you're earning. And that's the reward. You shall receive the reward of the inheritance. So salvation is not a reward, but inheritance is. You've got to get this, because you don't get this, you'll get it all wrong. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, Christian, and there is no respect of person. Some of us Christians are going to get spanked by the Lord. Now... Yeah, amen, brother, I have two. Now, the perfect example of that, if you know the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son, what does the prodigal son do? That's Luke chapter 15. The prodigal son comes to his father and says, Daddy, I want my inheritance right now. I don't want to wait for it. And the daddy says, I don't want to give it to you. I want it right now. Give me my inheritance. So the prodigal son takes, the dad gives him his inheritance. The prodigal son takes that money. What's he do? He goes out in the world and he lives righteously. He gets women. He goes out drinking. He gets all these friends. And then what happens to everybody that does that? Well, they, get, they lose all their money. And then he starts getting poor. All his friends leave him. All the women he was with leave him. And then he's by himself and he's out there feeding hogs. And he says, you know what? Back in my dad's house, in my dad's house, they're eating better than these hogs are eating and that what he's eating, what the hogs are eating. So he says, I'm going to go back to my father's house, and when I get to my father, I'm going to say, you know, I don't, I don't deserve to be called your son. Just let me be a servant, because the servants are eating better in my father's house than these pigs. Let me go back and be a servant. My Maybe my dad will let me be back, come back and be a servant. So he heads back. The Bible says he gets in his right mind, and he heads back, and he heads back to his daddy's house. And he's going down the road, and the Bible says his daddy's looking for him. That's a good father, amen. And the father looks for him. And then the Bible says he runs up there and the father says, Why did you do this to me? Why did you leave? Why did you take your money? You've embarrassed the family. No, no, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the father runs to him and grabs him and hugs him and kisses him and says, My son that's lost is now found. Kill the fatted calf. Bring the robe. Put the ring back on his finger. My son is back. But there was another son. And we forget the story that there was another son that never left. And the other, the other son got angry. He said, Dad, you never killed a fatted calf for me. You never give me these things. And the dad says, don't be angry. We should be happy. Your brother's back. And what does the daddy say to the son? Everything that's mine is yours. To the son that was angry. Friends, I'm trying to tell you what that story shows you is that son that took that inheritance, he went out and he lived like the devil in the world and he came back and yeah, he's still a son of the father and he still has a place in the house, but he has no inheritance. He, he wasted it away. 
So there's Christians that are living all those works we saw in Galatians chapter 5, living like the devil, living in sin, committing those rotten sins, and yeah, they still got a place in heaven, but man, they have no inheritance. And there's going to be some of us in Luke chapter 19 that's going to have a lot of inheritance because you've been working for the Lord. The Lord's a rewarder. This isn't T-ball. <laughs> Amen. This isn't T-ball where everybody gets a little trophy. Oh, you've been living like the devil. You get a trophy. Yeah, you get to be a part of the family, but you're going to be at the back of the house. <laughs> He's going to give it out. Whoever deserves it gets it. Praise the Lord for that. I, I'm happy the Lord is righteous. And that's what those verses tell you. Now, turn to 1 Peter. Turn to 1 Peter, <clears throat> chapter 1. And I, I'm, gonna close. I'm closing, guys. I know we're running a little late. I'm closing. I just got to show you this because there's some visitors in here, and I don't want them to go away thinking, well, once you're saved, I'm, I'm lost. I'm going to go to hell if I do anything wrong. No, but you need to, go, you need to do right by the Lord. Once you're saved, see, you've got to understand what salvation is. Salvation isn't... You, you're going to work now, and you're doing all that. Salvation is a change of relationship. Salvation is a change of relationship. You went from being not a child of God to you are a, now a child, a son of God. So no matter how wicked you act, how bad you act, and trust me, i got a son that does these things. My son's embarrassed me more in the last year than, he, than I've ever been embarrassed in my life. But you know what? He's still my son. And he's still got a place in my house. There's some things I would love to do for him, but I can't because I can't trust him because I don't, he's not earned it. He's lost that part of the inheritance. I would, I would love to give him stuff, but I can't trust him right now. Maybe when he gets a little older and gets a little more mature, I can give him some more. But he's still my son. Is he still living like the devil? Oh, yeah. He's not here this morning. A lot of y'all know my son. He's not here this morning on Father's Day. I don't know where he's at. Oh, I saw him yesterday, and he loves me, but I don't know where he's at. But I'm the father that's still looking for him to come down the road. And I'm going to love him and hug him and kiss him. See, that's how God feels about you as a child of God when you're not doing the things you should do. You still got a place. And people don't get that. See, they think, well, but if you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you're not a child of God. You're not part of the family. God, God's not your father anymore. God's your judge. And when you stand before a righteous judge, all he can do is drop the gavel. Guilty. Jesus Christ said, He that believeth in me is not condemned. Praise the Lord. But he that believeth not is condemned already. You're already being judged. You're already judged. The wrath of God abideth on you, John 3, 36. But as a child of God, that wrath has been took away. Now you're a part of the family of God. You might get spanked. You might get whipped. You might get, God might discipline you. But you're still part of the family, praise the Lord. Because you got an inheritance. Now turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. I said all that. I'm going to show you this. Verse 3. 1 Peter chapter 1 and closing verse 3. Blessed be, the, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again. Until a lively hope. Are you begotten again? That's begotten as a child of God. You're born again. Again, unto a lively hope 
by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. See, I know I'm born again and I'm thankful that Jesus Christ is alive. See, He's a resurrected. This is a Savior that's a resurrected Savior. Verse 2, 4. To an inheritance. There's that inheritance. This is the heavenly inheritance. Not the millennial. That's in Galatians chapter 5. This is the heavenly, your salvation. To, a heaven, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled. And that fadeth not away. It's reserved in heaven for you. <laughs> Man, you got a reservation, Christian. You say, well, I, it's like a fancy restaurant. I, I might have the reservation, but how do I get there? I don't, even, I don't even have transportation. God will provide it. God will get you there. Well, I don't have nothing to wear. God will provide it. He'll give you the robe. You got a reservation. And you're going to make it if you like it or not. When you take that last breath, the angels will take you and the angels will be carrying you. And you, Where am I going? Well, you got a reservation in heaven. Amen. It's undefiled. It never passes away. It's incorruptible and it fadeth not away. Well, what, what if I can't keep this reservation? You know, I'm down here and I'm, I'm living in the flesh. I'm letting the old man get the better of me and I'm doing things I shouldn't do. And the world doesn't know the half of what I'm doing. Well, God knows though. But the world, I'm living like the devil. What if I don't keep the reservation? Look at the next verse. Who, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time? You are kept not by your own power, not by the old man. You're kept by the power of God. Listen, he's keeping it. You've got a reservation and you're not the one that's keeping it. See, my son's got an inheritance and I'm not letting him keep it because he's shown me he's not mature enough. But there'll come a day that I will turn it over to him. And it's reserved. It's never going to pass away. I don't, I'm not going to give it to somebody else. It's for him. Listen, you got this reservation and you're kept by the power. Aren't you glad it doesn't say you're kept by your own power? You're kept by the power of the old man. You're kept by the works that you do. You're kept, no, 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 no. You're kept by the power of God. Amen. See, this is why we got the best thing going as Christians. We're not ever, ever relying on the old man or on ourselves. See, every other religion, when you study them, it's all about go do this and go do that and go do this. And Jesus Christ is the only religion that says it's already been done. On the cross. You just got to come to me. And I'll give it to you. And Jesus Christ said some of the most blessed words. Who comes to me, I'll in no wise cast out. Amen. Yeah, you got a place here if you'll just come to him. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I don't know some of y'all this morning. I've never met you. Some of you, it's the first time. Some of you, maybe I hadn't seen you in a long time. But... I want to ask you before you leave, if you were to die tonight, do you know if you'd go to heaven or hell? The Bible says you can know that you have eternal life. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. It's all about having Jesus Christ. It's all about putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Say, preacher, is it just that easy? I don't have to do any kind of work. It's just easy enough to just to know that Jesus Christ is, is alive, to know that I'm a sinner, to know that he's resurrected, to know that he died for my sin. It's just easy enough to know all that and just put my faith in him. It's just that easy? Yes. And if you've heard anything I preached this morning, you know why it's that easy. Because God 
wants to do it all. He don't want you to get any credit. The Bible says so that when we get to heaven, no man can boast. You can't get to heaven and say, well, see, you know, I was doing a lot of work down there. I was giving to the church, and I was at church every time the door. God don't want to hear that. God wants you to get to heaven and say, oh, Jesus Christ. Woo! Oh, it's Jesus. I want to see Jesus. Let me see Jesus, because it's all because of him. In the end, it's all about Jesus Christ. Now, if you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, we'll give an invitation. We're going to be singing some songs. We'll be standing together. I just invite you to come on down here. Just put your, put your hand in the preacher's hand and say, I'm lost. I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. I want to get saved. Is that all I have to do? That's all you have to do. Is that simple? Because God makes it for any, an eight-year-old that's crippled or blind can do it or an 80-year-old. There's no works involved. It's all about faith. Anybody can put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your words. Father, thank you for an inheritance up in heaven, Lord God. And Father, I just ask you to bless any Christian in here, Lord God, that's trying to live the life for you. Lord, give them the strength, Lord God. Fill them with your Holy Spirit, Father, that their fruit, your fruit, will manifest out of them, Lord God. Give them some evidence of the Holy Spirit when the fruit that they'll see, Lord God, in their life, Lord, that love and joy and peace and long-suffering, Father, and meekness and temperance, Lord. I just pray for all these fruits, Lord, to come out of them. And Father, bless them. Any Christian, Lord God, that's fighting that fight, that's not just laying down and rolling over and showing their belly, Lord God, they're getting back up, Lord, and they're swinging. Father, I ask you to bless them for that. And Lord, I pray that, Lord, that you'll just reveal to them the truth that they're not going to be able to do it. They're going to have to use you, Lord. You're going to have to do it. And Father, I pray if there's anybody underneath the sound of my voice that doesn't know if they're going to go to heaven or hell, Lord God, Father, I pray that as we give this invitation that they'll come on down the aisle and get saved, Lord. Lord, I want to thank you for being my father. Lord, I want to thank you for the good fathers that we have in this church, Lord God, and around this community, Lord. And Father, I want to thank you for allowing me, God, to call you Father. It's humbling to know that the creator of the universe allows me to call him Father. Lord, I just love you. Thank you, Lord, for running and hugging me and kissing me and putting a robe on me, Lord. I don't understand why you love me, but you do, and I do thank you for it. And I'm praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.